0: Listen to the deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for
1: Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown.
0: Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Anderson too much deflected and picked up Anderson. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown.
1: Bell. Into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown.
0: Big return for Crowder, 85
2: yards. Passed road, there was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott, it was Adams who came blitzing
1: in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff, You know that's the (laughs) q Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you.
0: From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet1. And we're taking a look in depth at all of the big offensive line prospects that could potentially be on the board at number 11. We know who the big four are. You've got Makai Becton from Louisville, Andrew Thomas from Georgia, Tristan Worst from Iowa, and the guy that we are about to talk about. Jedrick Wills from Alabama. And to do that, bring in Travis Ryer, who is the senior analyst over at BamaOnline.com and also hosts the show in Tuscaloosa on 100.9 FM from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Mr. Travis Ryer, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. As we get ready for the draft, and I don't know about you, but I am so excited for the NFL draft. I feel like we all need this right now.
2: Yeah, the NFL, even with some of the blowback that we've seen in relation to it, has thrown us a bit of a lifeline here of late in terms of sports fans. Uh, Just having the news that comes with player transactions in the last couple weeks, and not just any ordinary players, but when you've got Tom Brady on the move, (laughs) you've got Phillip Rivers on the move, you've got this type of uh, movement, uh, it's certainly – been a sort of oasis of sorts I guess you could say for sports fans
0: hopefully an oasis on the Jets offensive line this season they've made a bunch of changes we'll see whether or not the line ends up being upgraded in a major way I think that right now it still needs a lot of work and that's why everybody suspects that the Jets are targeting an offensive tackle at number 11 so Travis I want to ask you a lot about Jedrick Wills, and we'll start with what I always start with, which is when I see the name Jedrick Wills, what's the first thing that pops into your head?
2: I would say power, finishing ability. I know that's more than one word, but I think that's where it starts with Jedrick, and it's really what became obvious very early on in his Alabama career, even as a true freshman. Uh, He got some work both at guard and tackle a couple of years ago, and That was the one thing, the first thing that really stood out is that this guy plays through the whistle. Uh, He's especially effective in the run game, but he has developed quite nicely as a pass protector. And if you're looking for more along the lines of a right tackle type that you can get behind and get yards and, and convert short yardage and goal line situations, I think Jedrick's perfect for that. But Again, I think as a pass protector he's he's come on nicely here in the last year or so too.
0: One of the things that stood out to me about Jedrick Will's background is the family that he comes from because his mother was a star basketball player at Eastern Kentucky, his father a basketball coach, so there's a lot of athleticism within the family, and there's a major interest in sports in the family as well. It's kind of strange that he didn't end up playing basketball, right, because he came from a basketball family. What do you know about that, why he gravitated towards football instead of basketball?
2: Well, he's from the state of Kentucky, so that's obviously going to be a factor in just about (laughs) any household up there when you talk about hoops. I mean, hoops in Kentucky is what football is in Alabama, Texas, uh, Georgia. You know, you kind of name it once you get south of the Commonwealth. But uh, he he has more of the body type and I think the mindset, again, that suits football uh, a little bit better than hoops. Um, you know, he is stout, uh, he is extremely strong. Uh, and again, he, he is nasty when he needs to be. This is a guy who doesn't have any problem, uh, finishing guys, uh, and, and doing it with emphasis. So, you know, he has that athleticism that you like. Uh, but again, I think for him, it starts with sort of that, that nastiness and that mindset that he wants to dominate, guys. He doesn't just want to get a stalemate or, you know, get a a, a win by decision. I guess you could say on the judges' cards. He goes for TKOs. <laughs> uh, you know, and two years ago he he led Alabama in knockdown blocks with 50. So um, he he's he is a particularly dominant force, um, and he's only going to get better. That's the thing. Um, you know, this is a guy that I feel like. It's a safe pick in the top 15 or so of this draft, especially with this offensive tackle depth. If you know he somehow falls to you down in the double digit range 10, 11, 12, 15, uh, that's, a, that's a nice place to be able to get this kind of uh, talent at the offensive tackle spot.
0: You mentioned that he's from Kentucky, and he was leaning heavily towards staying in Kentucky and going to school there, but instead opted to go to Bama. What do you think it was about Alabama that made him want to go there? Obviously, we know that they have the storied history. They've been winning all the time, and Nick Saban and all of that. But being a kid who grew up in Kentucky, and as you said, all his roots are there, how was he convinced to leave Kentucky and go to Alabama at the last minute?
2: I think there had to be some consideration for the big picture, which is the National Football League. And, you know, when you looked at the recent run that Alabama had been on at his position specifically, Cam Robinson, you know, an early round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jonah Williams, a first-round pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Alabama has very much developed this sort of tradition, not only at offensive tackle, but pretty much – every position across the board with the exception of quarterback. And it looks like they'll rectify that with Tua in this draft. But, um, you know, Alabama has had a nice history of going up into the state of Kentucky. You can go back to Sean Alexander, uh, mm-hmm. in the mid nineties. Uh, he's a Kentucky native. They were able to go up there and get Sean Alexander. And, uh, we know what he was able to do as a running back, both at Alabama and the national football league. Um, Damian Harris also, more recently, another running back from the state of Kentucky, had a really nice career here at Alabama and was drafted by the New England Patriots last year. So uh, they've had some success up there, uh, and it's something they continue to try to work, not only in Kentucky, but you know sort of that region up there. You get into Ohio, but I, I would think for Jedrick, again, when you talk about You know, the the development and the sort of pipeline that Alabama has had to the National Football League, this is probably exactly what he envisioned. And it looks like it's going to play out in a very similar fashion as it did for Cam Robinson and Jonah Williams.
0: Tell me about his progression, because he came in as a freshman, played a little bit, only started one game and then blossomed over the next couple of years to the point where now, after his junior season, he's, as you said, a top 10, top 15 prospect Talk to me about the evolution of Jedrick Wills from freshman year all the way to where he is now.
2: Yeah, it was interesting because during that first year, there was not question, but it, it was there were in, there was interest in is this guy ultimately going to be a guard or is he going to be a tackle? Because we saw him work inside some, uh, but as that freshman season sort of moved along and came to a close, it became more and more evident that in 2017, as we worked into 2018, he was going to be a tackle. And for him initially, there, there wasn't much in the way of opportunity because Jonah Williams was kind of winding down there um, as a tackle. You also had Matt Womack, a veteran who started every game at right tackle uh, in 2017. So it was more about awaiting that opportunity for his window and that kind of presented itself in 2018 and now that's when he took over at the right tackle position it's interesting enough that Alex Leatherwood who was widely regarded as a very likely entrant to the 2020 NFL draft before deciding to stay for a final year at Alabama had Alex Leatherwood working at right guard in 2018 with Jedrick Wills uh, at right tackle so those two guys came in together And then as you got into last season, Leatherwood kicked out the left tackle and you still had Jedrick Wills on the right side. And, you know, there was some question about maybe they would flip Jedrick Wills to the left side, but they kept him on that right side with Tua being a left-handed quarterback. uh, He was able to accumulate some of that blindside tackle experience. And, um, you know, I I just think – I think as much as anything, like a lot of young offensive linemen – they show up at 6465310320 physically it's not as much of a jump for these guys but in terms of technique and, and being able to you know bend and do all those things that's where you start separating a lot of these guys from the time they step foot on campus to the time that they you know try to make that jump to the national football league and that's probably the areas where uh excuse me Jedrick has made the the most improvement and where he's probably, uh, you know, validated himself among NFL people.
0: You mentioned the idea of Jedrick Wills being a guard, and that was something that was passed around for a while. There was... Buzz that some teams might View Wills as a guard And then you talked about him potentially Playing left tackle but he ended up playing Right tackle to protect the blind side Of Tua he talked at The combine about the possibility Of moving to left tackle At the next level says he believes He could do it and he's willing to work towards That goal if that's what a team wants him to do What do you think having watched him could He play well at guard do you think he could Play left or right tackle or is He strictly a right tackle
2: I think ideally he's a right tackle, a plug and play, right tackle, uh, beginning with his rookie season. I have no doubt he can play guard. And that's why I think his four is, you know, pretty high. Obviously you don't want to take him somewhere around six or seven and then he end up being a guard. But if that is the case, I think he can be a really, really good guard if it, if it comes down to it. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's as much importance as, mu- as there was in previous years about the left tackle, right tackle thing. Um, and it's a comfort thing as much as anything. Some guys are just more comfortable, you know, playing the right side versus the left. It's not even so much about skill set um, as it is just a, a feel to them that it, it feels right to them and it's more instinctive and natural. Uh, I think Jedrick's showing you. He's as far as the right side goes. He's pretty much a natural over there, and you know you can you can do some things with him athletically too. This is a guy you can get out in space, pull him out, um, you know, get him out in front of the quick passing game, uh, you know, the the outside run game, those type of things. So uh, it's not I don't think as much an athleticism question. He, he's he's not the classic left tackle body type i would i would agree with that um but you know this is a guy that by all means necessary that that kind of sums up (laughs) Jedrick when it comes to getting the job done he he figures out a way to to uh excel regardless of where you play him
0: travis tell me a little bit about his relationship with nick saban and the coaching staff did they have glowing things to say about him is he an easy guy to coach
2: He seems to be – you know, he has gone through a couple of coaching changes at his position, a name that's very familiar up there in in your neck of the woods, Kyle Flood, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) former Rutgers head coach. It didn't end so well for for Kyle, as we know, up there at Rutgers. But um, that was Jedrick's position coach in 2019, Kyle Flood. And before that, he worked under Brent Key, who moved on to Georgia Tech – so, you know, he's, he's been through the transition of different voices and different maybe approaches uh, to offensive line play. So I would think, you know, making that transition from that perspective to the National Football League shouldn't be much of an issue. He is very well-liked by his teammates. I've never heard anything negative about Jedrick from a coaching staff perspective. Uh, he's dealt extensively with the media. Here in Alabama, which, as you know, compared to the Northeast, this is the NFL down here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're, you're hit with a lot of requests, and, and Jedrick has always been one of the favorites of the Alabama beat. So, you know, just in terms of sort of the, the intangibles and the, the extracurriculars that go with being a pro, I think he's in, he's well-placed even as a third-year guy in terms of maturity and being able to handle those type of things, I think he'll he'll do well with that.
0: Obviously one of the most important relationships any offensive lineman can have, particularly somebody who's playing tackle and may be expected to protect the quarterback's blindside, is the relationship with the quarterback. And in this case, Tua Tagovailoa is the guy that everybody would look at as the star quarterback in Alabama for the last generation, really, because as you said, the one position that Alabama hasn't really generated a lot of stars is quarterback, and Tua sort of changes that equation. And Jedrick Wills has had to protect his blind side. What do you know about the relationship between those two?
2: You know, they came in together. So I think that that junior class, man, when you look at it, Tua, Jedrick Wills, Henry Ruggs Third, Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. uh, Xavier McKinney on the defensive side. That's a hell of a class when you look back on it. And, you know, I think that one of the things that on the offensive side that those guys had the benefit of was that they were all second team guys in 2017. Crazy as that sounds right now, but Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback in 2017. Um you know, you had uh, Matt Womack and Jonah Williams as your offensive tackle. So, you know, Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills were more second-team type guys. Henry Ruggs the third, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, as crazy as that sounds now, weren't starters in 2017. So they all came in together. Most of those guys came in as early enrollees. Najee Harris, the running back, was also in that group too. So they were able to develop a bond quite quickly. And I think that's a big reason why when more than a couple of them were called on late in that 2017 season with an emphasis on the national championship game against Georgia in January of 2018, that's why they were able to produce uh, like they did, you know, when Tua came off the bench in the second half of that Georgia game. It it shouldn't have been a surprise that he had – you know, a connection already with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III and Devontae Smith uh, because they had had that work together from the time they had come on campus. So I don't think there's any doubt about it. When you just talk about Jedrick and Tua and and those guys that were part of that 2017 recruiting class, uh, they bonded quickly and, and quite successfully.
0: Talk to me a little bit about his personality. I know that you said that he's pretty good with handling the media. Is he more of a laid-back guy? Does he have a personality? Because with the New York media, if he was here, whether it's with the Jets or the Giants, because either team could be possible for Jedrick Wills, considering that the Jets are picking at 11 and the Giants are picking at number four, if things go poorly, it could be a situation where he finds himself on the back pages being ridiculed By some of the biggest newspapers He could be getting trashed on television Fans could be yelling all kinds of Nasty things at him And I know that Alabama football is huge And that the media down there Is all in on covering Alabama football, but it's sort of a different Animal here when it comes to the press How do you think Jedrick Wills Would be able to handle that? You think he'd be able to stand Up to that kind of heat if it came? Yeah, I haven't
2: seen anything that would Make me think that that Jedrick Wouldn't be able to hold up. Now again you know, this is still a young guy we're talking about here, similar to Quinn and Williams coming into that market, you know, last year from Alabama. So, you know, I, I would think it would be a, a similar type of interaction that you would see with Jedrick from that perspective. And um, speaking of perspective, he, he seems to do a good job of, of keeping the, the, the main thing, the main thing. And so, you know, you don't know for sure. Until you put someone in that type of frying pan, as you outlined for us there, um, but again, there's there's really been nothing to sort of signal that, you know, Jedrick, while maybe not ultra comfortable initially, wouldn't be able to hold his own just fine.
0: Since you brought him up, out of curiosity, what do you know about his relationship with Quentin Williams? Because if Jedrick Wills did come here, at least that would be one familiar face for him.
2: Yeah, you know, they they were together um, for a couple of years, I guess, when you do the math on it. And, you know, the, the old saying about iron sharpening iron, I think that has been true uh, under Nick Saban at Alabama. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one way you can look at Jedrick Wills, too, is who does this guy go against on a daily basis, on a year-round basis the last couple of years? You know, guys like Quentin Williams – um, you know, he dealt with Daron Payne as a true freshman. Imagine that baptism coming in here, um, <laughs> as a tackle, you know, in the last couple of years, he's seen guys like Christian Miller. Now the Carolina Panthers, he's seen Terrell Lewis. He's seen Anthony Jennings, a couple of edge guys that are going to be drafted, uh, here in a month or so, uh, from Alabama, his outside linebacker edge defenders. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think that's the relationship you, you like to ponder the most if you're considering Jedrick's future. Um, you know, obviously on different sides of the ball, so probably the interaction is limited for those guys. But, again, in terms of what what prepares these guys for what they're going to see at the next level, um, it, it, it's a two-way street. And I, I think it's when you run down the, again, the, the guys that, that Jedrick's faced, uh, in recent years, Raquan Davis, Isaiah Bugs is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think that I think that helps get you over the top too, when you're talking about maybe looking for separation between one guy and another. Uh, you know, and, and what has gotten them to this point.
0: One thing that's been a bit of a criticism of Jedrick Wills from some people who have broken down his tape is that he tends to have an inconsistent motor. Everybody knows that he's got great technique and he's strong and he's quick, like you were saying but it seems like sometimes he takes plays off and that can lead to trouble from time to time. Is that something that has drawn some criticism in Alabama in terms of Jedrick Wills and his overall level of play? And is that something that you saw as a persistent problem down there at all?
2: I haven't heard that as much down here. Now, they had penalty issues Mm -hmm. last year. I think you know if you want to point to something that Jedrick, and he's not alone in this, the entire Alabama offensive line by the end of the 2019 regular season. You just go back to the fourth quarter of the Auburn game. Uh, it was it was a mess. I mean, false starts and understanding. You go into places like Auburn and it's it's loud and it's tough with the crowd noise and that's going to be the case, obviously at the next level too in the NFL. But you know, I would point to that from a uh, from a you know a, a discipline standpoint if if you want to look at something with Jedrick. I think his motor's been fine. I don't think you accumulate 50 knockdown blocks in a season if you're kind of coasting, you know. That speaks to that speaks to someone who sort of brings it on a snap-by-snap snap basis. So, um, yeah, I think just maturity in general, man. I mean, again, you're, you're talking about a, a three-and-out guy here. So, you know, he's obviously got work to do. I don't think anyone is, is making the case for Jedrick Wills being – really anything close to a finished product, but if he can clean up some of the, the pre-snap stuff, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to be fine from that perspective, but the motor thing is, it's not something I really witnessed. Now, if you if you want to qualify mental lapses as, as a motor issue, I guess, you know, we can make that leap, but in terms of what happens post-snap and once the whistle blows, <laughs> you know, this, this is a guy that to these eyes, anyway, um, d- didn't have an issue there.
0: Travis, you've been covering Alabama football for a really long time, so you've seen a ton of excellent offensive linemen come in and out of the program. Where do you think Jedrick will stacks up with some of the top guys?
2: Wow, that's tough because just in the Nick Saban era, you know, we've seen guys like Andre Smith early on go through here. I mean, you've had. A, a, a bushel of first-round picks. Um, DJ Fluker, Chance Warmack. that was at the guard position. Um, and you've had some really good linemen here that didn't really do much in the National Football League. Barrett Jones, in terms of decorated offensive lineman in the Nick Saban era, he's at the top of the list. I mean, this is a guy who I believe made he made at least all SEC at three different positions, center, uh, tackle and guard so you know and then you get into the more recent guys like cam robinson and like jonah williams uh jedrick is he's in that group uh i would say for sure and it's a pretty prestigious list and i would i would have him in the you know top five or six overall uh, again understanding there have been guys who weren't high draft picks like bradley bozeman you know, you're seeing Bradley Bozeman right now flourish as a starting offensive guard for the for the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, you, you got to consider the the multitude of of players that have been good up front for Alabama. But you know, I think Jedrick's upside in terms of what he can be in the NFL. When we talk about all those guys, just in terms of upside, he he's a. I would put him in the top three or four of those guys. But just overall, right now, uh, he's definitely a. Uh, He's a top seven guy. You know, if you have, if you consider seven guys, your rotation on the offensive line, he'd be in that rotation.
0: What type of system do you think would be best for Jedrick Wills in the NFL? And which team that could be in realistic contention to grab him in the draft do you think might be the best fit? Or which couple of teams could classify as a good fit for him, do you think?
2: You know, if you're if you're zone read heavy, I think he can fit just about anything. These days, I know even the the Tampa Bay Bucks. You hear some some rumblings that there might be an interest there in Jedrick because you know you put that type of right tackle in that lineup with Tom Brady in there now, and you know a more balanced approach with an emphasis on the run game and and those type of things to go along with Brady and those receivers. And uh, you know, I think I think I don't think Jedrick's exclusive to a particular style. Um, again, more so because of how I project his upside. Do I think today you want to put him in a pass-first, pass-heavy, and sort of leave him out there a lot with some of the, the edge rushers you see on an every-down basis in the NFL? There aren't many guys I would say that would be the smart move with going into the National Football League. But in a couple of years, I think he, would certainly, he will certainly be able to handle more of that. So, you know, the easy answer is, more of a balanced approach uh, but for right now I like him uh, probably more so in a in a in an offense that you know first and foremost is going to look to get downhill I think he'd be great in like what the Ravens are doing with his own read game and that commitment to Mark Ingram and you know Mark, uh, Lamar Jackson you know also doing his thing off of that initially I, I'd love to see him in that type of offense but I think in time he'll he'll be fine regardless of the approach.
0: If the Jets picked him, do you think it would be a good fit?
2: If the need is offensive line, um, I, I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. It's just going to be interesting with those four offensive tackles because you look at uh, four different mocks and those four offensive tackles that you outlined earlier in the interview, they they've got them all different all different orders the different mocks. So, uh, you know, I, I think. Uh, I think if you're looking for a potential decade guy at the offensive tackle position and if it doesn't necessarily work out like you would like at offensive tackle, maybe you're able to still move him inside. Um, you know, you want value. If you're going to take a guy at that spot, you're typically going to take an offensive tackle. So, of course, you want that to to be his his home for a long, long time, but – yeah, I'd I'd feel comfortable taking Jedrick just really because of of everything involved. The guy wants to be good. He's physically talented. Uh, he's got the right demeanor, and again, the upside is is still out there. The ceiling is not low with this guy. I, I mean, it it may be more restricted to the right tackle than left tackle, but as a right tackle for a long time, uh, I, I like the upside a lot.
0: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. So we talked about Jedrick Wills' background with Travis Ryer. Now let's get into the film with Joe Blewett, the host of Blewett's Blitz, on JetsXFactor.com. And Joe, you have Jedrick Wills ranked as your number one offensive tackle in this draft. So let's talk about why that is, and we'll start with pass protection. We know that that is the most important thing to Adam Gase and to Joe Douglas by extension because as we learn from what Manish put out in the New York Daily News, Joe Douglas is trying to work within the parameters. Of what the coaching staff wants to get the best players to fit what they're looking to do, and of course they want to pass the ball a lot. They're not as concerned with running, and so pass protection becomes a big deal. Talk to me about the positives and negatives of Jedrick Wills as a pass blocker.
1: Yeah, there's so many. There's so many positives, um, but just to name a few that I I have listed. I always do these lists lists of strengths and weaknesses. Uh, foot speed, athletic, strong punch, anchor, change of direction skills, strong grip, loose hips, lateral stop-start ability, patient with hands, doesn't panic in bad positions, changes uh, punch and sets, stay squares, punch accuracy, good base, frame wells, <laughs> frames well. Like he, he's so he's really really clean. Um, in that area, like I said, changes his punch. He he takes different sets where he'll use an up kick or a power a, a power step, or he'll use a 45 degree or a vertical or a jump. Like he. He changes up his sets, and he changes up his punches. Where um, a lot of other guys, like you always see, you know, we talked about Tristan works, like really uh, most of the time taking forty-five degree sets, and then guys can game plan against that. A guy in Wills who changes up his sets, changes up his punches. It's harder to game plan against him, and they're all really effective. Um, so he's a, he's very versatile. He's strong, uh, like I said, fluid hips, uh, strong punch, accurate punch. Um, he doesn't panic uh, like a guy like Andrew Thomas does, I think a little bit in pass protection where if a guy starts to rush hard up the arc, like we were talking about, you know, he'll open his hips up, which you have to open your hips up, but then he'll get top heavy and lean to guys where a guy like Wills, even if he's put in a bad position because of a, a cat blitz or whatever it may be, um, he'll, he'll open his hips up, but then he'll stay square. He'll, he'll slide down. Um, you know, he'll slide down the arc and, and meet the, the rusher where he has to. So he doesn't panic. He doesn't get top heavy. Uh, now, in terms of the negatives, I don't really think there, there are a ton, to, to be completely honest, and I feel like even in the negative column because I wanted something there, I might have reached a little bit because I didn't see a ton, um, but I would say the, the negatives in the pass game, like I said, don't show up very often. Uh, sometimes you can see him with too wide of a base. Like I said, it doesn't happen often. You see some oversets uh, where he's not framing the rusher completely you know, very well where he might allow some pressure through the B-gap in, in, the, in the NFL – um i've seen some heel clips where he gets a little bit clicky with those heels where again you want to maintain a, a good um good wide base while you're shuffling uh, shuffling laterally um, whether it be on a 45 degree set or you know even on a vertical set you you want to maintain a good base there's sometimes where his feet get a little bit too close together and it leads to some too big of steps which might might open his hips to the outside a little bit um other than that he will lean into a block or two on like a on like a uh a jump set. But other than that, and again, they don't show up too often. I don't think there's a ton of, of weaknesses for him. He's good at passing off stunts. He's good at picking up blitzes. Um, he's good. He's really good with his eyes. He's patient. Like I said, like there's been multiple times where I would see him recognize a, a pre-snap blitz, um, whether it be just on the alignment of like, you know, two, like three guys tight, like a, like a three, five, seven tech, which is, you know, an indicator for some type of game. Uh, whether it be like a twist or a stun or a gap exchange or whatever, uh, there's times where I saw him, you know, noticed a, a corner who's kind of a little bit inside leverage of a slot receiver, um, which is an indicator that it might be a blitz. And he would notice their eyes uh, and then he would, you know, not carry the five tech inside the B gap as far as he might, if he didn't recognize the blitz and he'd pass it off and then drop his, uh, drop that, that kick foot, you know, really far and, and pick up the block, uh, the, uh, the block on the on the catalyst. like there's so much good about, about his game. Um, that I don't really see a ton of weaknesses in the past game and we'll get into the run game as well, which is a positive. Um, but he's a really, really well-rounded prospect.
0: One thing that I noticed and I'm not sure if it showed up on the tape is that there seem to be some mental lapses there were pre-snap penalties but also there were times where it looked like he took his foot off the gas pedal a little bit almost like he let up because things are generally so easy for him and he's so gifted in pass protection that he sort of got bored and took his eye off of the ball kind of like when you're in cruise control and you sort of lose focus for a second did any of that show up on tape the only time
1: that I that I noticed that was in a was in the run game like he, he will bury guys in the pass game He might not literally jump on them like Wurfs will with the guys on the ground. He'll literally belly flop on top of them, which is kind of funny. Like, Wills doesn't have that part of his game, even though he is a bully in some other aspects. Um, Like, there was a time – I forget who he was blocking, but uh, blocked a guy, he tried to spin, he threw him to the ground, and then the guy tried to get up, he grabbed him by the chest plate and threw him to the ground again, like just tossed him. So he has a little bit of that. Um, I don't really see that in the pass game. The only time I saw that in the run game, I forget what game it was. I remember it was a a counter – uh, Counter OF, and he worked up to the second level, um, and he kind of thought the running back would be past him already, and he started to look back for the running back. And looking back for the running back stopped his, you know, his, his hips from working up the field to cover uh, the play side and the defensive end, outside linebacker, or whatever it was, was able to scrape over the top and make a make a tackle. That was the one example I saw of, of him maybe giving up on a play a little bit too early, um, but it wasn't enough for me to note it down. If I see it once or twice. Okay, it's it's a lapse. It's not a it's not a weakness for me. Now, if I were to see that three, four, five, six times, then maybe I note it down. Um, but you have to understand as well with this film, I don't I don't have too many college connections, so I'm not getting the game tape of every single prospect. Like I watched, you know, um, about five games of, of Wills. I think I watched uh, LSU, Auburn, Michigan, and South Carolina. So I got four games with him. So they played more games than the season. I wish I could have got it all. I couldn't. So in those four games, I saw it once, if, that, if that's any type of indication. But um, I didn't list it down as a, as a
0: weakness. Since you brought up the run game, Joe, let's shift there for a second. And you mentioned one of the weaknesses that you saw in the run game. What are some of his other weaknesses and what are some of his greatest strengths as a run blocker?
1: Yeah, talking uh, my overall strength His overall strength is, is a is a positive in that, in that region. Um, his movement skills, he's a bully, like I said, but he will toss some guys to the ground. He, he, he really moves people well. Um, he really defines the gaps for the running backs, whether that be by vertical or horizontal displacement. So that's definitely a positive. Uh, he works his hips well to cover gaps. Like I said, there's a one example I saw where he didn't. But, again, it could just be a lapse one play. Uh, overall, in the running game, I think he plays pretty square. He plays a good leverage. He doesn't overcommit to blocks. Uh, he plays long doesn't cross his feet, which you see some, some guys doing back then specifically, I saw that a good amount where, you know, there's different times where you want to cross your feet, okay? You know, if you're going to skip pull and you're trying, to, you're trying to pull and get across multiple gaps and you're trying to do it fast, a skip pull is a technique where you're going to cross your feet. But you really don't want to cross your feet when you're in that contact window because if a guy gets into your chest plate when your feet are crossed, you're pretty much screwed from that point on. Um, so he doesn't do that, minus on plays where he has to, like a skip pull, like, which I said is a, a different thing. Um, so you don't see, you know, any of that, which is a, which is a positive, uh, he rolls his power through his hips, you see him engage and then really drive his, his strength up through his ankles, into his, his thighs, up through his, his, uh, up through his waist, into his chest, through his hands. Like you have that, uh, he gets his full body into blocks, which is definitely, um, a positive. I think his hand placement is pretty good. So he has a lot of positive, all the positive the positives you pretty much want in the run game. And again, I, 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 reached a little bit for the, for the weaknesses. I wouldn't even call what we were talking about before a weakness. Cause I didn't see it pop up a lot unless in the games that I, that I didn't watch it, it showed up more than it did in the four games I watched. Um, you see some leaning into blocks. There was an example or two where he didn't necessarily take his feet into the block with him, And you have some lower body and upper body, dis, uh, you know, displacement or disconnection, I should say, actually, um, where he's not generating his full power. Again, it didn't happen a ton, so it doesn't really offset the strength that I was talking about. I've seen, I I saw like one or 2 overcommitments over-commitments on combo blocks. Again, uh, I, I noted it because it happened once or twice where even the play turned out positive, but in the NFL, if guys are quicker to diagnose, he might not have, have been able to work to the second level like he should have, so I watched that a little bit, even though I still watch that as, as a strength. So it's a strength, but I want him to be more consistent in, in not overcommitting to those blocks. So I think in, in college level, it didn't show up a ton where he wouldn't uh, be able to get his ha- you know, hat on the hat in the second level, but in the NFL, it, it might tell it to a little bit more consistency, you know, it is a strength, uh, if that makes sense. Um, and there are some times in the second level where he'll, he'll pop block, as I call it, where, you know, he'll try to deliver a big shot into the guy, but not really stick with them, you know, uh, climb the tree, as they say, get his hands into the chest plate, um, you, know, you know, lift up the, the second level player, get your hands into him and drive him up the field. There's sometimes where he just kind of try to throw a big shot and the guy might be able to get off of his block. Um, that's not really a ton. Those are all things that could get worked on relatively easily. So he's a guy that I listed as one of his strengths that he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. Like that's, that's one of his strengths. So um, none of those things are overly concerning where they can't be worked on and he's not a finished product yet. But if he can round those things out, which again is a pretty short list, I think that's the shortest list I've ever given in terms of weaknesses for um, an offensive lineman, maybe even a player in general. So if you can round those things out, I, I think he's going to be um, that very good to elite tackle. Um, he's my best bet of, of reaching that elite level um, out of this tackle class.
0: I think a lot of people breeze by Wills's upside here and his ceiling because Becton and Werfs have astronomically high ceilings because Becton is so huge and so athletic for his size that the potential for him to become an absolute dominator is scary. And Tristan Wirfs is one of the best athletes to ever come into the NFL as a tackle. He's a four-sport star. This is a guy that lays on his kitchen table and does a kip-up at 300 pounds, and he was a state wrestling champion. So we know what he can do. But Wills is an outstanding athlete, and I feel like if this was any other year, we would be talking a lot about that, but because of Becton and Wirfs, that doesn't get talked about a lot. But I think he's got a very high ceiling, doesn't he?
1: No, yeah, for sure. I just said he could, you know, I think he's the best bet to reach that elite ceiling. Um, and there are plenty of players at every position that are not overall great athletes. You know, like, you look at a guy like who's been really consistent throughout his career, like a, like a Joe Thomas or Andrew Whitworth, who were top tier tackles, if not at times the best tackle in the league who weren't necessarily maybe the best athlete. We have a guy like a, like a Lane Johnson who's a crazy athlete or a Tyron Smith who's a crazy athlete, but it's, it's, it's it's, it's about technique. And if you're, and if your overall size, strength, mobility is is good enough to to be able to take advantage of that technique. So he's a guy who may not be as big as Beckton or as, as laterally, um, mobile as a guy like you know works but overall like you said he's, he's a good athlete like pulling up his his combine numbers at 64 312 you know a, a 34 inch bird, uh 113 inch broad jump of 50540 like those are some solid numbers for a guy of that size and it's not like he's lacking in strength or lacking in mobility so yeah those might, those guys might be elite athletes in certain areas but he's still a plus athlete in both areas so I don't think it's going to hinder him um in the nfl where yeah he i think he has an elite ceiling now maybe becton and works has an elite ceiling plus one because they're, they're they're better athletes um but it's not like you know obviously at, at their peak like if they do reach the absolute ceiling where their best tackle in the league um I, I don't think that wills can't reach that level because he's it's not like he's limitedly athletically or, or i don't know how the hell they said uh limited athletically i should say <laughs> so yeah it's, it's not a huge concern um, at all he's definitely a plus athlete in a, in a lot of areas he's just not worse or beckton who are just you know absurd
0: one of the concerns that people have voiced is that perhaps jedrick wills is only a right tackle at the nfl level because that's where he played at alabama largely because they had a left tackle at points and because to his blind side was the right side because he's a left-handed quarterback i tend to feel that he could eventually transition to left tackle if that's what whichever team drafts him decides to do with him i know that he's already started to do some work to try and learn the left side but it's a process and people that don't pay close attention to this stuff don't realize that it's not just a snap your fingers kind of thing It takes a lot of time to learn because the right and left side are very different. The way that you position your body, the way that you play the spot is just entirely different. I think that Wills can become a left tackle over time. It's going to be a process, but it can happen. But I think that he likely starts off... As a right tackle, and then perhaps works his way to that spot. Do you think that's what we're looking at here? That if Wills gets drafted to whatever team, whether it's the Jets or somebody else, he comes in, starts at right tackle, and then perhaps is able to work his way to left tackle? And do you think that he can become a good left tackle if that's what a team wants to do with him?
1: Uh, yeah, I would say that's a slight concern just because I don't, from what I've researched, he hasn't really played left tackle either in, in high school or in college. Mm-hmm. Not like a guy. You know, obviously Thomas played left tackle. You have Works, who I think first Iowa State literally would play right tackle one snap and left tackle the next snap and he was just in both positions. You have um, and you, you know you have Becton, who played left tackle. I think he played a little bit right tackle in this year too but last year he played uh, left tackle. So those guys are, are left tackles to off the jump most likely. Um, Works really has the flexibility of, of either depending on your on your need where wills probably doesn't he probably starts off as a, as a right tackle. And it's not something like that's like overly concerning for me because tackles, right tackles, are still really, really important. You know, like the guys like Mitchell Schwartz and Lyle Collins and and Landon, or not? I just said Landon Collins and uh, Lane Johnston and all these guys who are right tackles who are really, really important to their team. The only difference in that position is is that you're protecting your quarterback's blind side, which is important. But it's not like so huge, or you want to force a guy who's a right tackle to play left tackle. Like it, it, it makes it. One one centimeter more important. Uh, if that doesn't even make sense, but it makes it slightly more important. It's not. It doesn't you should reach for because he never played left tackle. And if you weigh out the positions, yeah, left tackle is protecting the blind side. Also, though, with right tackle, you know you have a history of left ends and and left outside linebackers who are better. A lot of the guys in the NFL play left outside linebackers who are who are better. You know the the, the Cameron Jordans, the Khalil Max, the Von Millers of the world are mostly lined up on the left side. So yeah, you might have a better right tackle, and in certain games when you're playing those guys, it might be even more important than the left tackle position, so I wouldn't necessarily just reach to make him a left tackle, because yeah, you know, people, like I said, I always like to refer to Madden, because that's a lot of people like their, their true football experiences in managing a team, okay, you have a guy who's, a, who's an 80 overall at right tackle, moving the left tackle at 79, okay, I'll take that, like, it's <laughs> it's not that easy to transition spots, like, and it might not be as hard as, okay, throw a ball through your right hand to your left hand, but it, it it's it's pretty comparable. Like if you're driving off your left foot your entire life and getting into that stance off of your left foot, now do it off your right foot. It's like 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 I think a good analogy is okay. Like if you're if if you're a basketball player and you always go up for for your with your right foot to for a layup, now try to change your layup to a left. Uh, your, you know your left foot. Like it's going to be really awkward and you might not be as good and you're just as natural at it. So it's 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 not that easy to transition in my mind. So. If he's comfortable at right tackle and he's going to be an elite right tackle, play him at right tackle. You know, you find that left tackle the next year. It's like the Jets are done after this year. So I would almost say with with Wills, just stick him and keep him at right tackle because that's where he's been really, really good at. He hasn't played a lot of left tackle. And it's not like one position is completely devalued as compared to the other where I think they're pretty much just as valuable for different reasons. Now, if I had to choose, obviously, left tackle or right tackle, I'm choosing left tackle is the most important. But right tackle is right next to it, and it still means a lot because, like I said, you're, you're going against the better rushers in the NFL um, on that right side. So I, I wouldn't go too crazy about that whole conversation, to be honest.
0: Lane Johnson's a right tackle, and I think the Eagles have been plenty happy with him. I think the analogy I would use, Joe, is that it's sort of like if you're a conventional stance boxer— And you have to switch to southpaw And if you've ever been in a boxing ring You've ever sparred or you've ever fought You understand the difference there It's a major change So I'm not saying that Wills can't do it I think he probably can It's just that as you said If he's an elite right tackle Maybe you leave him there if he's comfortable That doesn't mean that you don't necessarily do it Because you might determine that he can do it And you may determine that it's your best move long term But at least in the short run You could put him at right tackle And he can slide in pretty effortlessly right
1: yeah uh, yeah if he's able like it but if you if you go into camp and you try to play left tackle for for a few you know practices and he's not and he's struggling just keeping at right tackle like it's not it's not that different in terms of positional value for me like like i said like maybe left tackle is 100 percent of value where right tackle like is 98 like is it really that much different it's really not for me i think that that whole left tackle versus right tackle things are a little bit overblown and like you said boxing stance layups um, whatever it may be, it's it's not easy. like if, if you're always used to, you know, driving off that left foot and shooting with your left hand or right hand, and you're just used to framing guys with that right foot. Like it's it's not just easy to just okay. Well, now do it off your right foot, and and your left foot is your is your kick foot, uh, where you're driving off all through your right leg, and and you're throwing maybe your left hand more than your right hand. Now it's not it's, it's not a simple transition. It's really not. So, um, I think he'll stick at right tackle and continue to play right tackle through his career and I think gonna be an upper, upper echelon right tackle um, and it's, it's worth I think it's just a smart thing to, to do to keep him there because like I said the positional value is not that much different um, in my opinion I think it's just kind of like a you know the thing that's thrown out there that left tackle is the most important which it is but that's not devalue right tackle either
0: Let's talk a little bit about how he would fit in this offense and with Frank Pollock. I think that he's pretty adaptable to just about any scheme given his skill set, but I don't see why he couldn't come right in here and pick things up. And I also don't see any reason why Frank Pollock wouldn't be thrilled to have him, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's the most like like scheme diverse player um, in, in my opinion, where maybe you want you know worse more in a zone scheme. You want Becton, I, th- I think if you had it to, to have him in either scheme, it's more of a power scheme because that's a little bit less about technique and reading um, the defensive front and how they're reacting with the twist and stunt game where it's more about, okay, you just block this guy and you and you move him the hell out of the way. Um, and Thomas is more of a power player, smart, but doesn't have as much movement skills, where Wills is really scheme diverse, Like he could move, he has the power to drive guys, kick guys out. He can reach block. Uh, there was times where I would see him as, you know, obviously the the right tackle and Alabama would trust him with, with reach blocking, you know, a guy in the A gap, which is ridiculous. Like people don't do that. So if he has the movement skills to be able to do that and he did it successfully. Um, So he's super scheme diverse. Uh, so if you want to, if you want to run power or counter with him as a right tackle, or if you want to run zone, outside zone, mid zone, wide zone, whatever, you know, it may be, if you want him to pin and pull, if you want him to pin and fold, if you want him to get on a sweep, if you want him to get on a screen, he can do all of those things. So whatever you want him to do, he'll be able to do it. Um, now the Jets are are zone heavy. There's no team in the NFL who just runs power. There's not one team in the NFL who just runs counter. There's not one team in NFL, NFL who just runs zone. So you're going to be you're going to be mixing in some different schematics into the offensive line. But uh, in the Jets zone heavy scheme, he will be a, a fine fit. Um, cause I think he'll, he's pretty much good in just about anything he, he does. Like I said, in terms of the run blocking scheme. So, uh, a guy like him, who's already really technically refined with really good athletic ability, uh, Frank Pollock should be able to, to coach him up and, and make him elite. Like I said, if there's one player in this class who I think is going to be elite, it's Wills. Um, I watched eight players. I, I there's, a, you know, I'm a Jets fan and I have a full-time job and <laughs> this is like my secondary job, part-time job type feel now. Um, and I didn't – I'm not watching Joe Burrow. I'm not watching Tua Tagovailoa. I'm not watching Kimball. I'm not watching Derek Brown. Um, so I'm watching the, the guys in the Jets going to draft. And out of the four tackles, out of the three receivers and Chase on, he's my number one player on the board um, that I made, both in overall value um, and should be number one on the Jets board. So if he's there at their pick, I think you take him. Uh, you stick him in right tackle. He's a stalwart there for, for 10, 12 years. And I think he reaches that that pro ball to – all pro level Um, maybe not his first year maybe you know maybe not his second year but I I think he he reaches it eventually because I do have that much faith in this player
0: Joe I know you hate doing player comparisons but I think Jason Peters really fits for Jedrick Wills and it's funny because we compared Tristan Wirfs to Lane Johnson so you get both Eagles tackles in here for comparisons to Wirfs and Wills arguably the two best tackles in this class and that shows you why the Eagles have been so successful because they've had two of the best tackles in the entire NFL for such a long time. But I think if you look at his skill set, he really does line up well with Jason Peters. And I'm not saying that he's necessarily going to be as good as Jason Peters, but if he could be anywhere close and if he can be anywhere near as good for that length of time, because remember, Jason Peters, who hasn't signed anywhere as of this recording, is 38 years old and still playing at a high level. So if Jedrick Wills, who's 20 years old right now, can give you that, you sign on the dotted line and you don't think twice about taking him at number 11 if he slips there to you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely don't love player comparisons, especially with with some of these guys. Like, I haven't really broken down their film. So, like, hey, yeah, you know, if they match their strengths and weaknesses, then compare do the comparison. But um, with comparisons, where I really haven't watched the players' film, minus like you know broadcast angle, it's hard to make comparisons. The first name when you say that was like, I think Peters is maybe a little bit more of a of a athlete with less strength than than than, than uh, Wills. Where Wills is maybe more of like a, and another guy in free like agency, maybe more of like a Trent Williams, a guy who could move and has a lot of power in his game as well. Um, so I think he's like a combination of both. But it's like I said, I, I wouldn't get. Okay, well, if, if the Jets draft him, we're getting Trent Williams or Jason Peters, like they're they're all different players. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't get crazy about, about that. But yeah, he, he's an all around guy. So if you want to call Jason Peters an all around guy, who can move guys, is technically sound. Has athleticism, sure. If you Jason Peters, if you if you feel like Trent Williams is, is that player more, then sure, he's he's Trent Williams. But Jer- Jedrick Wills is Jer- Jedrick Wills. Um, to me, like I said, I don't think any player is the same. Um, but yeah, I I, I, I I get it. And if he is even close to Jason Peters, or if he matches Jason Peters, then you're getting an All Pro, Pro ball, really consistent tackle uh, for the next ten to twelve years, which is desperately you know desperately the need for for Sam Donald right now, especially when you consider their, their free agency where you have a lot of questions, you have questions with Adoga, who, by the way, just a little tidbit, I think people are a little bit too low on as a right tackle. I think a right tackle in his rookie year, he showed some good things. He needs to work on his overall like grown man strength, but he has a technique. It's there. Um, so uh, don't sleep on him, but with him, who's a question mark, you have, you, you know, you have a fan who's a question mark and you didn't really, you know, you didn't add that, that, that Trent Williams, that Jason Peters, that Conklin. So, I think tackle is a huge need for the Jets, the number one need on the team right now. So uh, really getting any one of these top four guys, it's a smart move for the Jets. Uh, obviously, obviously if it's Wills, I will be absolutely ecstatic. Um, and then you have Fant and Adoga compete for that left tackle job. And then, you know, maybe you sign Peter, maybe you trade for Trent Williams, you know, maybe you hold off next year and you have those guys develop into a good swing tackle and you draft another left tackle next year, another tackle next year and transition however you want to. But, um, he would be an absolutely amazing pick. But I think any one of these tackles, since we're wrapping up the tackle talk, is, is the pick for the Jets and would be the smart move. Because, yeah, our receiver is great. And trust me, I love Jerry Judy. But if the quarterback doesn't have time to throw the ball and he starts seeing ghosts and things that Sam Ball has personally said before, because he's getting hit, um, because guys can't pick up stunts, they can't recognize blitzes, they, they don't have proper technique, they don't carry you know, the penetrator pick guy, on a stunt and then you penetrate the B gap and then you can, and then, you know, whatever it may be. And Campbell's getting hit. Guess what? Jerry Judy won't be too effective. So they need to get a tackle. Um, if they don't, which we may talk about in the future, then okay, maybe trade down, maybe grab one of the receivers. I'm going to talk about the receivers in a different episode, but get one of these tackles. If it's wills, I I'm pretty much going to cry. Probably not, but that's you know, just <laughs> maybe being a little bit traumatic.
0: Don't worry, Joe. If you cry, I won't tell anybody. I think that Chuma (laughs) Adoga has some upside and there's some potential there, but obviously you're not passing on somebody like Jedrick Wills because of Chuma Adoga. Even if you believe Adoga has the potential to be your long-term right tackle, Wills is too good. You take him and then you worry about the right tackle, left tackle thing with him and Adoga. If Adoga does well in training camp this year, then you can really have that conversation. But for now, you just got to pick the best tackle that you can find. Joe Blewett, the host of Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down your OT1, Jedrick Wills, with me as we get ready for the NFL draft. Before the draft comes, though, plenty of film up there at JetsXFactor.com for people to check out with these draft prospects. We've done these shows where we broke down the top four tackles, but you can actually see the film as Joe breaks it down if you go to JetsXFactor.com. And on top of that, you can look at some of the guys that he's done for free agency and other draft prospects as well. So, Joe, what's coming as we get closer and closer to the draft?
1: Yeah, and just quickly with the dog, just like a sentence, uh, not every situation is linear. He's a later round draft pick, a mid-round draft pick. Um, and imagine, all they I say is imagine giving up on Father Cops or Shepard, you know, in, in the trenches after year one. Look what they did in year two. So let's, let's not just label him a bust. But yeah, Perry, uh, Perryman's up. I did Perryman with the former NFL DB. So uh, if you don't believe me, and you care less, you can care less about my opinion. We have an NFL DB or ex NFL DB breaking down his film on YouTube. Um, I did sixty uh, something plays of McGovern. Did a show on that. Two different episodes. Like if you go on YouTube, Blue It Splits uh, just put up the four tackles. So I got Wills done, Thomas done, Worf's done, and Becken done. Uh, just put up Lamb on Twitter, and I just finished up putting. Uh, Judy will have Ruggs and Chase on the go. Uh, shows are going to be out about them too. On YouTube, uh, you can go to X actually to get the whole review, which I can go in more in depth. You get more plays. Uh, but there's a ton. like I said, so if you're, you know, even if you don't agree with my opinion, you're hearing me say, oh, well, this weakness or that strength or whatever. Oh, I don't believe them. That's not what I heard. A lot of draft guys put out their opinions and list their strengths and weaknesses. But they not, They're not going to break down individual plays and show you what they're talking about. So I think you actually seeing the individual plays and why I'm listening to things as like strengths and weaknesses is a lot more valuable than somebody who just said something without backing up with film. So I, I think it's, it, I think it's worthwhile to go to the YouTube and they um, like say, even if you don't agree with me, then, then formulate your own opinion, but I uh, put the film out there. So uh, follow me, JoeRB31. And uh you guys know that by now I've done like a thousand episodes of Scott. So,
0: <laughs> go ahead and check out his film over at jetsxfactor.com if you haven't given us a five-star review on itunes yet if you could do that for us we would really appreciate it easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing it doesn't cost you any money it doesn't take you much time but it goes a long way in helping us out so if you could do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the